the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Want to know what your competitors are up to? Serving as an essential ad and marketing intelligence platform, Social Peta covers advertising data from over 80 global ad networks across 70 countries and regions. And they have more than 300 enterprise clients. You might have heard of a few, including Google, Tencent Games, NetEase Games, and so much more. Learn more by visiting socialpeta.com. That's socialpeta.com. Prevent your users from believing that horrible one-star rating. HelpShift offers the easiest way to collect user feedback, bug reporting, and more without users ever having to leave your app. Plus, you can even get a customizable help center and unlimited FAQs. And the best part, it's all free. Get started today by going to helpshift.com slash appmasters. That once again is helpshift.com slash appmasters. Masters. You ready for part two where we're going to take a look at your apps and then also I want to get into some of the affiliate marketing and if you've done any from the app side because you have some experience with that as well. But we like to start off every part two with dad jokes. So you there. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I I have one. I'm I have a couple, but I have one I want to okay, start good. with. Okay. Who is the stupidest animal in the jungle? Who is the stupidest animal? I no idea. The polar bear. Stupidest animal. <laughs> I need to. It's not supposed to be there. Why did you get there, polar bear? Go home. <laughs> All right. All right. Since oh, you gave me an animal joke, I'm going to stick to an animal joke too, okay? Okay. Taylor, which bear is the most condescending? Um, ooh, condescending bear. Um, I'm listing all the bears in my head, trying to to make one work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't got one. A panda. Sarcastic. See if you like Taylor's joke better. No, see. And then put S if you like mine. I, I try to tell jokes on Zoom, but it turns out I'm not remotely funny. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that button's getting some use today. All right, guys, if you want us to take a look at your app in a future YouTube live stream, all you got to do is go to appmasters.com slash audit. There it is, appmasters.com slash audit. And so today we're going to look at Adrian's app. Adrian, he and I kind of talked before. He's on the top of the the listing, and we had Taylor coming in, who's into the mental health space. So I was like, "All right, Adrian, your turn." So here's what he needs help on. I did the premium app audit with Steve a few months ago, but would love to go with the free audit in December. See, 2021, <laughs> to show Steve which of his recommendations were implemented. And Adrian and I wanted to do a future live stream where he really broke down some of the changes I recommended, and if it did actually help him at all. But now we get Taylor's expert advice as well and then hopefully we'll do another one so we'll 
agree with Adrian, but let's take a look at the, the app. You want to, anything from the app store presence you want to talk about, Taylor? Um, so it's not visible on web, but I used my phone to watch also the app store preview video that we have mm. going on. Um, so I did get to listen to that, explain a bit of the app. My first instinct from that video was that, um, the music was pretty upbeat. Um, and I'm not sure if you've tested this, uh, against other versions of, of creative, but for me, meditation is calm and peacefulness and and being able to to focus and relax um and the upbeat celtic music was really fun but it was more like let's dance a jig and less uh of the uh let's relax in in a peaceful field that's funny (laughs) he's got an in-app event going on so that's awesome and then uh, i guess it's not on I'm on my older iPhone 7, so maybe it's only on the iPhone. I, I also could the be in the A-B test. I don't know. Um, well, but that yeah, would be my advice for the video. Something. I like it. Yeah, so, I mean, he's doing it a little bit different from the meditation. So it's Celtic, and it's, you know, kind of like fantasy world type of stuff, too. So it's really cool. But, yeah, and I was like, look, like, why? the way I felt about it, when I remember talking to Adrian, I was like, you are creating a blue ocean right like stop you're not you're not going against calm you're not going against headspace you're trying to connect with other people that are more interested in this like almost like lord of the rings type of feel when it comes to meditation too so i would lean in on that rather than trying to be different or go after the meditation space my opinion it's it's interesting that you say like you reference lord of the rings i was thinking of a book series called mists of avalon um, but I wonder, like, in, in the art styles or in the icon styles, if there's room to make it seem, like, more explicitly associated with that. Because now now I'm staring straight at this icon a lot, and I'm thinking, like, it almost makes me think of a game, um, right? Where mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to be competing with games, um, and not all games are made to relax you either. It kind of depends. Um but I wonder if there's something that can play more off of this, like spiritual aspect, this nature aspect. Um, you know, I think the, some of these visuals throughout the screenshots are like land-based uh, and forest-based, and some of them are like more blue and water and open sky. And I wonder if there's like a a, a different performance if you switch to different visuals that are like more consistently one nature environment. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the app itself, shall we? Allow R to inform you next updates. So Adrian, you you know, he's been on the the streams a lot. What we saw Taylor was actually somebody in the audience, in the community was saying that if you just pop this up rather than doing a double opt-in like Adrian just did, it's more effective effective so i think it's okay because i had to put next anyways but just just pop it up if you want maybe pop it up a little bit later all right where do you want to go Ooh, so i think the middle button is the special event right this one okay let me see right that was the that was the in-app event yeah let's see if i can grab the audio I don't know. I always forget which one. 
if you guys can hear it. Something is I cannot hear it. Let's try Not this. Not yet. Yeah, I can't hear anything yet. So unfortunately, Adrian, I can't play. The sound's not coming through for me. Oh, there you go. Hear that? A little. Okay. So, so one of the best practices we always say is here, let's get into the app itself. I don't know. I feel like this. I don't want to read this. It's, it's one of those really things where the, the fonts are like such a big part of how we perceive this culture, right? And this brand. Um, mm -hmm. But when it comes to like d deciding which parts of your design are going to be heavily branded and then deciding which parts of your design are going to be really easy to read and scan, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there's there has to be choices like screen by screen. Um, how how quickly do you want somebody to be able to to read this and get through it? And is there room outside of maybe fonts or or things like that for the brand to come through for those visuals to come through without sacrificing the legibility? Um, and this is partially like my I'm not as familiar with using this kind of script so it, it's definitely slower for me um you might have an audience that's like no this is what i read all the time and that's super easy for them to read um but you'll probably get a wider right. base if you're a little bit more accessible to some more folks well i mean one of the best practices an agent i know we must have talked about this but like i'm a little bit confused on what to do here anyways like why give me options so early on in the experience of where to go versus just being like taking me in there and then having an onboarding experience of kind of like what you, he was kind of doing right here. But I would, and I know Bloom does this really well. I know there's a lot of apps that kind of regurgitate what you're seeing in the screenshots, right? Like talk about some of the benefits. What I really like to do too is read through the reviews and see what people are saying about the app. Great guided meditation with Celtic culture, doo -doo -doo, you know, and kind of think about what words they might be using, regurgitate that during the onboarding experience. So have a couple of different screens that say, look, hey, you know, this is ancient wisdom, Celtic quest, have fun with your meditations. Why do you be so serious? All that stuff. And then hit them with the price. And then when I get to the pricing page, Adrian, I are, we have studies that say the longer pricing pages are converting better. Yeah, too we many options. We definitely have been enjoying some longer pricing pages. Um, and as someone who did web marketing before coming to app marketing, that's what always worked. Um, and it just mm -hmm. was harder to implement on on apps for so long. So that's why lots of people still don't have them. Um, but now it's a lot easier to engineer if you can give people the option of scrolling, the option of expanding for more information, right? they're able to kind of pick and choose what to focus on as long as you make it super easy, super clear, right? Tap here for FAQs, tap here for like the full pricing menu between monthly or yearly or weekly. Um, and, you know, read the reviews, read the, the excerpts from any press you might've had, read like screenshot your, your app store rating again, 
um, people are going to find a way to like navigate pretty quickly on mobile. Um, you know, you can have accordion style navigation. They can expand elements and hide the stuff they don't care about. Um, mm -hmm. And if they really want to transact, they will smash the button and just keep going. Yeah. And I like being able to see both all these options, the monthly, yearly, and lifetime on one page versus you making me scroll because then I forget. So I'd rather go long. One of the things I might test too is just locking people out, forcing them to pay no free content. And the reason why I say this is I've you know, I've had experience with working with different apps for, that did do that. And since you're since you're an indie developer, you haven't raised money, you're trying to make this work. What we found is if you get the more niche you get underneath like a meditation overall meditation category the higher those conversions are and one of the apps that we're working with that is below all this stuff like underneath meditation we have we rank really well for a keyword number one for a keyword that i know has traffic and it's bringing in a lot of crap so it's very specific to a field i'm trying to stay generic as possible but we're seeing 20 percent conversion rates and then about a 35 percent trial so when i say conversion rates i mean trial activations and then about a 35%. So net net, it's about like, I think towards the nine to 10, I have the number somewhere, but from install to actual paid is around that above 8%. And so we're seeing, and then boom, like when we made that change, our revenues have 10 X since we made this change to just being like, it's the same features. Taylor. That's the cool thing about this case study is the app didn't change. I just changed the way we, we just changed the way we monetized it and we 10 X the revenues and within the first week, we've already tripled last month's revenue right one week tripled it and so we're going to probably be 10xing that if you pull it out all the way for the month so i think that's what you can do adrian just lock them out and they you know they're they're coming in there it's already a niche app so with a niche app like this i think locking them locking people out forcing them to pay you before they get any type of access would actually work well for you anything to I, am, add, Taylor? I am i will also say that like when you have that winning formula, right? When you have, it's it's not impossible to reskin like the app that is working for you, right? So if if you are really working with your Celtic audiences and your Celtic fans and people are really into this and it's really working and you're afraid that you're missing out on other people outside of folks who are like deeply searching for the Celtic uh, content, mm -hmm. you know, like, it, Reskinning it and finding some new content that matches with like, uh, you know, pagan, pagan and sorcery and witches. Like this is very similar, yeah. right? You might have some overlap, but you may not be willing to like sacrifice your Celtic Whisper brand quite yet. Um, I can totally imagine a world where like the astrology tarot folks are, are would be attracted to this exact app, but with like a little bit more of a, a Wiccan first uh and pagan first kind of things as opposed to mm -hmm. you know druids and wiccans being kind of your like um your subtitles there um if you led with with a different angle i'm sure you could see some pretty similar conversion rates yeah and i know last week we talked about like black hat aso strategies and keyword installs and keyword boost type of campaigns what we found with those type of campaigns is let's say ireland i'm trying to rank for a while for pagan he's, he's already number one but we've actually found that you know outside the us these keywords move a lot faster and we can get to we've been able to get actually let me rephrase i've seen 
others be able to get really high keyword rankings, even though they started off really low into the top 10 with some of these black hat ASO strategies. So and I don't know which keyword has the most traffic in Ireland. So yeah, I also wonder, I'm like, again, I'm as somebody who okay. is not super close to, to the Celtic heritage that I do have, like, I wonder also, are people going to like Norse or Nordic kind of um, mm. content for like the same thing? Are they trying to connect spiritually and meditate like with similar other European heritages? Um, yeah, just open question. That's a good idea. Yeah, on some Apple search ads, maybe. I would say yeah. lock it out, try it, see if it works for you, right? Like force people to pay before they enter the app. I think it would work, try it out and then run some search ads. And once you have the numbers, kind of like that spreadsheet I put together, once you start figuring out some of these numbers, if we, you know, we were converting at a 18% and then this was 35, and let's say, you know, for us, it was about 60 bucks after, before Apple's take. And it's like, look, man, like I can, I can pay to, you know, break even. I don't have the break even numbers, but I can pay pretty high. Like, you know what I mean? So that's how you start thinking about this. I'll probably add the revenue per download just to get that and you can see the cost per install for break even here. So this will help inform you. I hope that's helpful, Adrian. All right. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. Um, I will just say like don't discount the the value of aesthetics, especially in this um, this vertical, because you know I'm yeah. We have a therapy app. It's not even really branded 100% as, as meditation or relaxation. It's branded more as therapy. Um, but people still are heavily influenced by the soundscape that we have, by the design elements that we have. Like, they're, when it comes to a consumer experience of wellness, like the closer you are to wellness, the more you have to compete with like how much the wellness industry has really invested in aesthetics, right? Um, so be super mindful of that uh, as you decide, like, which visuals to rely on, like, which audience uh, you're trying to attract and keep, um, because there is some sort of, like, when we're choosing to meditate, it says something about who we're trying to be and who we're trying to become. And if there's a visual aesthetic alongside that, um, I would say, like, do research with your users for what they're most drawn to visually about your app and try and replicate that in many more spots within your app. I love that. I love that. And I, I do want to, to your earlier point, Taylor, I love that we said, like, I think visually, this is nice, these graphics up top, the banners and stuff, but it's very hard to read. And I, I might lose uh, the font here, but keep this visual because it still conveys the same message. I feel like this, this font style is so hard to read. I like what you said. It's very cool. I'm glad, I'm glad I picked out these meditation apps while you're here. Yeah, right. no, it's fun. Good picks. And I, I did listen to some Celtic music this morning, so I'm, I'm in the mood. <laughs> I love it. Talk to me about affiliate marketing. And one, so I'll give you a two-prong question. and shouldn't do that as an interview, but I'll do it anyways. One, how have you used some of the knowledge? I know you and I both come from the web, so we knew 
that longer pricing pages worked on the web. And I was like, hey, I think it would work on the app too. And then we kind of both did that. But how have you used affiliate marketing and brought some of the strategies that were working in affiliate marketing to the mobile space? And then are you doing any affiliate marketing for Bloom at all right now? Um, the I'll answer the second part quickly. No, because okay. still iOS only, still the kind of the space we're in. A lot of affiliate marketing is uh, a lot harder to have controls over your targets. And we're kind of at that space right now where narrowing and finding like most valuable users is important for us. Um, and we're a little bit too early and not like quite as diversified or built up on all of the channels for me to want to go head to head with, with affiliate or like enter it into the mix. Same thing with like the timing of Apple changing their measurement. Uh, introducing partners that are not necessarily going to respect your measurement model um, is also kind of a big headache and we're a small team. So not yet, um, though I do, <laughs> this is not to discourage the folks who are like reaching out to me and offering me affiliate services. Um, I think there's a time and a place for that. It's just a weird stage for blue at the moment. Um, as for what I've kind of brought over, um, I think early on, like again, like junior, junior Taylor working in this world um, was using things like Cake and Tune and has offers, right? And this was when we had clients. So we were trying to have our own traffic that we would monetize for other uh, brands who were paying for leads. And so we would use all of these tools to give ourselves credit within their systems, stuff like that. Um, and then I took a break from affiliate marketing, went into a different world where there were no measurement platforms, no no like explicit tools that were all about attribution and like uh, attribution across many, many different types of channels that were super competitive. Um, and then I got back into mobile and mobile had MMPs, right? An entire industry of tools that are just about attribution. Um, so in a way it really prepared me to think about attribution in a, uh, where certain parts of my career, I had no focus whatsoever on mix modeling no focus whatsoever on like windows or controlling windows or like comparing cpas across windows and things like that um and it affiliate marketing combined with mobile marketing has made me so much more of a hawk um for making sure that when i'm talking about numbers that they're truly apples to apples right someone a couple years ago could tell me like oh yeah like well my cpa is is a dollar it's it's nothing it's so cheap da, 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 da. Yeah. but then you would look at their windows and it's like oh you have 28 day view through on and you're doing retargeting and you're it's like completely not the same as a campaign that is you know a 12 hour click only no view through suppress all existing users no reattribution right um mm -hmm. so having that fluency is has changed how I interact with marketing teams, marketing leaders, um, but also budgeting and forecasting and um, being on the good side of whoever my finance team is or my accountants so that they know that I'm not reckless with how I'm giving myself credit. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I almost say like if you're a person out there in marketing, this is what I did early on in my career was like be for while um, and I was like, I don't want to just do this one thing. I don't want to be in the PPC guy. And then I went to a smaller company to work more on affiliate marketing, PPC, email marketing. And then it's like, you can sort of leverage all these marketing tactics and strategies into 
the the app side and that's sort of what i've done so thank you for sharing that taylor that was really good i loved it cool all right you want to see who won the first round oh dun, yeah dun, dun, dun. i don't have that <laughs> <laughs> all right we got samuel t miguel s andres i have to say s panda was pretty decent decent and then noah said s so Man. that's one round one goes to me Noah did throw a question. Taylor, what are your thoughts on TikTok ads? Um, I will I will answer with one joke, which is, what's a place a TikTok star can go and not be recognized? Where? What's a place that a TikTok star can go and and not be worried about being noticed or recognized? Where? Where can he go? Um, they can go to a bar <laughs> because they're. 12 years old. <laughs> I like that. Is that your round two joke? <laughs> That's my yeah. round two joke starting starting okay. early. <laughs> um, but more more seriously about TikTok ads, um, I will say that they take a lot of effort. Um, video ads take effort, but they are worth the effort. Um, you know, TikTok in some ways was really not performing for lots of places that I worked before uh, SK Ad Network. And with like the complete disruption of the uh, attribution ecosystem, they've kind of really taken their opening and their revenues show that. Um, so funny story is that when I worked at an agency, ByteDance or Musical.ly was one of our clients. So I've kind of seen it, how they run their advertising game uh, as well as now, like I am a client of theirs and I, spend just as money there as I spend on Facebook. Um, but it has taken more effort. It's more of a learning curve. It's a fresh space, right? You just are going to have to invest in it pretty heavily. Um, but we made the choice a few months ago that we we're going to spend time there and not Snap, for example. Because um, Snap, hmm. I kind of have my playbook for Snap. I gave it our best shot at Bloom. It just kept getting more expensive, not less. Um, and so we took that effort and now we're putting it just completely towards TikTok. We're unique though. We do have a video studio in-house um, because our app is a video content app. So we have a lot of folks who, even if they're not ad experts, even if they're not mobile experts or like tiny video experts, most of the time, um, we can at least have those resources to create creatives, test through different scripts um, and like partner with creators who can help us make UGC as well. Um, think if you're not doing UGC, you're going to have a really hard time on TikTok. Um, I would say that make that a pretty crucial part of your strategy. Um, have just real people and different faces popping up all the time. Um, and also we had, because of our own vertical, we had like a ton of um, bans on our ads forever and ever, ever. We just kept getting rejected, um, but we pushed through with patience and diligence and like, talking to everybody we possibly could. And we eventually were able to scale and stay live and not be turned off every other day. Um, but that was a big struggle this last quarter. So if you can get past some of those early headaches and get through, keep at it. Um, there will be an inflection point. There is hope. Are you posting through the Bloom channel and then running those as ads? Or how are you going about running the ads? We currently only have like a very small organic presence um, and we mostly upload directly to the TikTok uh, ads manager. 
Um, there are a few creators who we have whitelist that will promote their posts. Um, but a lot of it is through Ads Manager at this point. We're going to branch out and experiment with different types of creators in the coming months. Um, but for the most part, it is like comments off uh, at least like 20 creatives per ad group or ad set. Um, and we're rotating in fresh videos like as soon as the learning phase ends, we pause down non-performers and swap in fresh videos uh, on a pretty frequent basis. Got it. Are you doing, I've seen, whoops, I've seen this work going through the Facebook ads library and people are doing TikTok style type of videos now too. So a couple of things I wanna say is these vertical ads are actually working pretty well on Google ads too, like mm. uploading up, and with Google ads, you have to use YouTube, you have to upload to YouTube, but it'll, might, turn into a short but we have seen that and to taylor's point early on video ads are performing well it takes a lot of work a lot of work but it is performing pretty well but are you guys using that TikTok where you'll have text like right in front and having these sort of like more look and feel of TikTok there too we have a mix yeah we have some that are straight from the pages of a TikTok trend um, you know, doing exactly the dance, exactly the popular audio and some text that happens to be about Bloom. And that's about as at, like branded as it gets. So that is a, a portion of what our concepts are. Um, we also have more like explain the app, explain the features, explain the value props. Um, we have those. We have people doing kind of lifestyle videos right a day in the life and a bloom is part of their life um and we have also some some that are just jokes um one of our more recent ads we had somebody like sacrificing a teddy bear because something was going wrong and wrong in her life and her friend steps in and says you don't need to do a ritual you just need bloom right so like we got jokes we're we're enjoying like relating to our audience um I can make a joke about what CBT also stands for. Like we joke about that. Um, don't Google it with, you know, safe mode turned off. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, your your audience just like wants to relate and to not and to be entertained on TikTok. So the main thing I would say is that for us, we're avoiding being instantaneously recognizable as an ad. Right? We like give we try and buy ourselves like a, at least a split second before they understand that we're, we are an ad, um, just so that we give ourselves a chance to get get their interest before their gut reaction is to skip, you know, the ads. Okay. Yeah, TikTok is a channel that a lot of people are talking about. So thank you, Noah, for the question. And then, Taylor, you want to try his nickname? Can you see this? Hey, what's up, I, Steve? I I'm back it. here to... <laughs> Mr. Zweigstut? <laughs> okay, there you go. See, take that, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I, I need, I need a rating, like zero out of five, okay. one out of five. What a, was that a fail or not? I did. I'm gonna my round two joke. So Taylor's joke was a TikTok joke about not being recognizable in a bar. Love that joke. All right, I got mine. Why is Peter Pan always flying? Because. He never lands. There you go. So put S and T if you like that joke. Whose <sighs> joke you like better? All right. He said, he said that's good. All right. Taylor, we got one more app. You good on time? 
I'm ready. We always I'm ready. go on these things. All right. We got another meditation app. One thing that, oh, I'll get to it when we get to it. But here, Dante. So I actually talked to Dante tonight and kind of picked these out because I've talked to these guys. So I have a affinity to these guys here. But how to increase retention KPIs and KPIs I should focus on. So we're going to skip all this, Dante, in terms of the ASO and App Store experience because you said, hey, give me retention stuff. I did also want to point out I've got Bloom right up top here too. Tailored talking about the colors and how you make it feel like I wanted to just have a visual to kind of reiterate that point too. Like you can see the visuals and the colors, the tags, super cool, super really interesting here too. So I love that. Anything you want me to show that you want to be like, Hey, look at this. This is really cool. Um, I feel like there's some similarities with the next app. So I will okay. just go into, go into going for Dante's this time around. Okay. Again, this is my other phone, but I, I am a, I do love the app. So you guys got to go check out Bloom. All right, let's go into Dante's app. Loading your mind garden. I love these little animations. Okay. Simple game of meditation that actually sticks. Stress less. Okay. Like that. My my yeah, question here with gamified is: What does that mean to a user who's not an app person? Or like not a marketing person, right? Because I, you know, I learned about gamification through my work, and I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who's not uh, a marketer or not a, um, you know, product person. And what does gamified affect about their perception of this app now? Yeah, I like that. Great feedback. All right, start growing. Let's see, how's your meditation experience? have tried i think here i put meditate often and then maybe put like i'll meditate here and then like because that's me <laughs> instead of i've tried meditation I'll, i will meditate here and there i should do that more often but okay continue what brings you i know bloom some sort of has something like this too where they ask you why you're here so for me one of, one of the suggestions, so the one that you've picked is managing stress and anxiety. Um, one of the suggestions here is to, to play between highlighting the thing they're escaping, right? The problem, the stress, the anxiety versus highlighting the positive benefit, right? Better sleep, more focus. Um, so right now you have a mix, um, but you might want to figure out if people respond differently or like set their intention for this the using your app differently when you frame it either negatively or positively. I like that. That's great insight. Okay. Sorry, Dante. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit different, right? Like we're now getting those choices that you made like framed in a different way. So that is, it's interesting to see more of how it gets summarized. Secrets out. Okay. Looks like mm -hmm. this is the landing page that we've been talking about too, but mm -hmm. yep. seems like everybody's starting to do stuff like that. So I love this, how your free trial works along with the longer pricing page, because we know it just converts better. So good job. Well, I love that too. I think I would love to see some customer testimonials too. Yeah. Here. But also it says stand with Ukraine in April. That's a, uh, it's May. It's almost June. 
Oh. You may want to update that. Like you, you have views, Dante. Like 4.8, 276. You have these. I might throw a few things in there. And I, I did a whole like blog post back in the day about the testimonials and the type of testimonials actually make a difference. And I was talking about like, hey, people are going to have objections. And I know there's been studies made like testimonials with a little bit of like, this app isn't that great, but it does, you know, like a little bit of negative, like sprinkle in a little negative tend to work well. And then maybe even overcome some of those objections. Like I wasn't really, you know, CBT was like a weird voodoo type of thing. But when I started using Bloom, it's so amazing. Like, I, you know, like something like that, where like, oh, the, you kind of some audience members can relate to something like that. So I would probably try to add some little bit of reviews here as added social proof to this pricing page. Yeah, one of one of our reviews says, this seemed too good to be true. All of the reviews seemed fake, but I tried yeah. it and I actually like it. That's they, you know, That's they barely one. say anything nice about us, but they like it despite being extremely yeah. skeptical. That's a great one. You know, I love that. So it's this pricing's great. All right, other plans. Let's take a look at the other plans. Let's see if this one comes with a trial now. I've actually seen this work pretty okay too for other apps where we'll do only a, a free trial on the yearly. And while the conversion rates might go down, guess what? Your average order size goes way up. And so you're actually making more money despite the, and then, you know, you can make the calculation that a monthly user is probably going to stay on for about three months, roughly. So, all right, I'm X out. Boo check, gratitude, meditate. Okay. Let me check. I feel pretty happy. Gratitude. Or Taylor. <laughs> I like, you know, starting them off with a prompt is nice. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm, sh I'm sure that uh, the creator of this app has seen finch already but finch when you're journaling has like auto tagging which is really nice mm. so cute some of these colors remind hey. me of like a coloring app so i stopped the meditation because i didn't want to put go through the whole 30 minutes but dante you put me back back as a first user experience when i've already gone all through this so kind of weird and taylor i always love seeing what the second open experience looks like so I'll always do that with every app that nice. I download. But this is, I don't like the second user experience. Because Ante, I wanted to take a look at your homepage to help you with that. But let's put, I already have an account. All right, let's just sign in. I was getting so much, so many emails that I needed to like, just have a different Apple ID account for oh, this different for phone. Because sure. it used to be just one. Uh, how come this Apple ID was not working, Dante? I'm on a, a wait list for Anyone. cloaked right now. Um, and they're like, they're like the a third party hide my email kind of tool. Um, oh, nice. because like, I mean, you and I know how important it is to have lots of little accounts to test on things, but it's nice for it to always get forwarded to the same place. So yeah, I'm waiting to get off the cloaked mm -hmm. wait list. So I never created an account, but I couldn't do it. So I can't, okay, let me try to go through this again. Um, I can yeah, answer I one of the questions in the channel while you're oh, yeah. um, while you're at it. I so, got this question from, yeah, go for it. 
Yeah, bits and bytes tech. Do you think marketing is ethical or just persuasive tactics to get people to buy stuff they don't need? Um, this is such a like near and dear to my heart kind of question because when I got into marketing, I did not think about the ethics of it or the implications of it whatsoever. I was just there to like money in, money out, spend money, make money, all of that. Um, and over the course of my career, I've had like a lot of breakthroughs either through therapy or through making friends who helped me focus my life in different ways and like building community in uh, with people who are less privileged than myself and have more insights into like what actually is wrong with our society. And I will say that like marketing has, has there are ethical ways to go about it. There are unethical ways to go about it. Um, the idea of like dark patterns is a lot more understood now at a, like, we see people like the Colbert Report talking about dark patterns or, or things like that. So people are getting a little bit more wise to when they're being deceived, like an outright lied to about what uh, what a product could do for them. I do think that like in a world where everybody's needs are met, like if everyone had enough money and is happy and has housing and healthcare and all of these things, like the the need for marketing changes. It becomes much more about, still about persuasion, still about communication, but more about helping people receive the ideas and the information to like live the life that they want to have and less about um, distractions and consumption and, you know, spending money for the sake of spending money because that's good for the economy and things like that. Uh, so that's, that's my take is that we're definitely not there where Marketing is free of ethical scrutiny, definitely should be. Um, if you're a marketer, your money funds things like Facebook. So you have to decide whether your values align with funding Facebook. Uh, if you buy on TV, you have to decide which channels and news, news channels to support. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a big question. And I'm meeting a lot of cool younger marketers than myself who are starting off at a much higher level of ethical awareness than I did when I was their age. Okay. Thanks for that. The I want to get into Dante. So I finished the meditation real quick. I couldn't finish it. I couldn't X out. If I did X out, it's Dante, I don't know if you want to change that at all, but then I guess now you're going to ask me to register, which is now I'll register. Okay. So I think, I don't know what, how you feel, Taylor. I might try to get people to register first before going through that exercise because I just didn't want to go through all that yet, That, but that's my personal take on it. And then yeah. yeah. And then maybe after I register, get me to go through all that stuff. I would say that, you know, when it, when it comes to registering or when it comes to getting somebody to use your app, you are trying to get them into a place where they will accept communication from you outside of that app, whether that's an email or a push notification or SMS. Um, so, you know, you don't need all three. You'll probably be able to rank which of those is most valuable to you or most effective for you to try and uh, get them to enable. Um, but yeah, if you can get one of them, I wouldn't rush, like rush getting all of them. It would simplify what they have to have to do to create an account. Like for example, on Bloom, we have single sign-on or SSO account creation um, and that is like right up front for people, but they can skip it and they can go through onboarding and start using the app 
Um, but we will push them to say like, let us send you a push notification. Let us send you an email because, you know, these things have value. These things will keep you on the the track that you want, right? And this is meditation. People are trying to build this into their life. Um, so you just remind them that you're helping them build that and that you're being respectful of, of their space and not spamming them. Um, yeah. That's generally the route to go. I just wanted to see this homepage because I wanted to see if there's ways that you can better convert to here. So like, I think what I would try to do is push kind of like, and let's, let's use bloom if that's all right, Taylor, but other on my free plan, there's this locked portion. So it's a way of having been like, look, Hey, there's some paid stuff that you could enjoy if you wanted to go. And then coming here to yours, Dante, there's not a lot of, there's not, there's not, I don't see a quick, easy way for me to try to pay you if I did want to pay you, right? And back to the ethical part of the, this marketing, it's like, look, if there are, there are people who want to pay you, right? And so if you're trying to sell something that you think is going to benefit the world, then I would say it's on you to try to market to them. Looks like the pricing changed too. It was more expensive. Now it's cheaper. So that might be like a, a sequence of discounts or something like that. Um, yeah. I will, I will say that like, we've also had this debate of how much to unlock, how much to keep free, how obvious to make, make it that there's like a lot of paid content that is locked away, um, for people who are yeah. staying on the freemium version. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, this is when you see like two app, you know, experts kind of staring at an app and going like, what should we do? I would say the biggest takeaway yeah. from that is more that there's just so many options and you probably yeah. have a lot to offer but we as new users are either feeling stuck in one path and then feeling lost when we fall off of the path um and, and like trust me bloom struggled with this as well like we gave people so many options right pick pick your way pick your topic pick your lifestyle um yeah but it really slowed them down in being able to start off with the baby steps to get them acclimated to just what are the basics of of interacting with this app and these functions um so sometimes graying out those other choices or like slowing down what you're asking people to process um can be a little bit helpful i love it look at i mean you look at bloom's ui like it's super like not in your face it takes me down this journey i love this these little small little elements it makes me like a progress bar if i want to explore i could explore more as well and you can with your style it's kind of like ah! i feel like i feel more stressed looking at your stuff and we're here to meditate and feel calm i feel super stressed just looking at all this stuff and then i'm going to compare it to calm which you know, less, a lot of, still a lot of stuff in my opinion, but a lot yeah, of, but look, look at that top fold is nothing right above the good morning. Yeah, it's true. just, they're like, don't worry about it. Your thumbs can't reach up there anyways. So we're not putting thing, anything <laughs> up there. Right. And then they, they used to have little smaller accounts. They changed it, but then they have this, you know, in here and there's more spacing in all this. So yeah. And their tiles are super big. Super big tiles. Like, I, I love that. So there you go. Work on the UX, but I think, uh, yeah. 
I will say, like, I do right. love the Get design. I love the color palette. I love the animals and the flowers and, you know, bloom, right. blooming, growing plants is near and dear to our, our heart and our brand. So um, I, as I was looking at this earlier, it gave me the, the vibes, like the fun and playfulness of when I would play Plants vs. Zombies, right? And that, like, uh, anthropomorphized plants. Um, so, you know, I think you have a brand, you're on the right track, just figuring out how to streamline, especially for new users, what should they be focusing on at first glance? That's that's all it's about. Yeah, love it. Okay, well, I want to make sure, this is turning into a movie. <laughs> I swear, these live streams started out just for like quick little one hour things. Now it's like a whole feature film. All right, we got a few more questions I want to get through and then we'll let Taylor go and I got to go too. All right, Noah says, does it matter when you ask to allow tracking? Can it be after the and still get the right data? Um, it, this kind of depends on um, like how long after. I think the longer you wait after trial start, the less likely it's going to make it through the Apple's SKI network mechanism um, because I don't believe that they do any sort of backfilling or anything like that. Um, so in order for like one of the mechanisms for Apple is they don't fire that data like right off as it happens because they're saying, hey, for some users, that's as good as knowing exactly who they are. They actually randomize when they send it over a period of many hours. Uh, and so, you know, if they've <laughs> randomized to try and send that data uh, beforehand um, and then you later turn on tracking, it's pretty unlikely that those are going to get like identity merged. Um, in terms of data that is passed to an ad network. Um, like you still will have your internal data, you'll still have your iTunes data, you'll still have wherever your customer database is like storing transactions according to accounts, you still have that. Um, the tracking here is really just functional in terms of paid UA um, and how you set that up is going to most impact your paid UA, not any other sort of like tracking system. The we got one more question from Darren. I think Darren's asking for Bloom. Do you have a share on social media function built into the app? Um, I actually I don't know if it's turned on right now, but at different points we have. Um, so different points we've had shareable content generated. Um, you can imagine like little calming videos, little calming gifs, um, quotes from influential figures, that sort of thing. Um, like daily inspiration of the day. So. At different points, we've had we have had that turned on. I don't want to say it totally is turned on right now and make Steve go hunting for it because we do flip on and off. <laughs> I am doing it for experimentation. Yeah, I don't I don't want to send you down a rabbit hole. Um, but we've yeah. we've also built more beneficial. like small bite sized features in the last couple of months too. So that's all to make it more shareable. All right. Taylor, anything I missed you want to make sure we hit on before we say goodbye? Oh, just thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been a nice way to spend the afternoon. Thanks for being here. <laughs> well, thanks no for being here. All right, I'm going to do plugs then. All right, guys. So it is, once again, look, I've used the app where I'm super excited to be working with Taylor and her team to help them. But honestly, like I love the app itself. And when we got connected, I was like, Oh my God, I've seen you guys around. And I became a paying customer because I've seen some of the benefits. So if you tried Meta, you know, 
tried meditation, you tried other things. What I really like about it is the interactivity versus just me sitting there because that's hard for me to do and I'm sure it's hard for a lot of people to do, but I really like the interactivity because it really makes you kind of think through. And the first time I did it, I was in real need because I was really stressing out and I was like, oh my God, this did actually help me out a lot versus just meditating because I was able to really write down my feelings, which honestly, I don't like to do either. So once again, it is Bloom or you can go to enjoybloom.com. All those are linked up into the YouTube description. Once again, along with Taylor's LinkedIn, if you want to, and I hope that's okay, Taylor, but if you want to connect with her in any other way, Taylor, anything else you want to say before we say goodbye? Um, happy May mental health awareness month. Um, yeah, that's right. Do something for your mental health. And if that means just touching grass outside, like do that. Yeah. I love it. Great stream. Thanks, Noah. No, this is great stream. Thank you, Taylor and Steve. So no, thank you, Taylor. All right. Let's talk about next week we are let me briefly look through my calendar as well okay we're going to talk all about shopping apps so something unique hey look i'm willing to learn about anything and everything so we're going to talk more about shopping apps how you can if you have an e-commerce built in or you got an e-commerce brand you'll want to definitely tune in i'm sure we'll talk about it's going to be digital tribune so they're going to have a lot of knowledge or now somebody from that next week same time Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific. Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time. Hour and a half. Thank you so much for doing that for us. All good. Time well spent. We'll call the dad jokes a tie because Miguel gave you the win for the round two. So we'll call it a tie and then we'll figure out. We'll have you back on to really settle this. All right, guys. Have a great weekend, Taylor. Thank you again. We'll see you next week. Bye. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.